Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mooney Ponds Baptist Church Podcast. Here we upload our weekly teachings that happen every Sunday at our 10 a.m. service. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out to us and check out our website at mpbc.org.au. This reading comes from Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 15. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey, and this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, and but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At the time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. I want you all to close your eyes for a minute and imagine that this is midsummer and you're lying on a yellow banana lounge beside a swimming pool. It's two o'clock in the afternoon on one of those really hot, warm, still days and there isn't a cloud in the sky. You've been reading a book while you've been lying by the pool and a short while ago you started to feel really sleepy and so you let yourself go and began to doze and found yourself in a dream about the book that you had just been reading. Suddenly someone shouts something, but you don't respond because you think it's part of the dream. Then without warning, you feel this sudden shock over your entire body. A bucket of cold water has been thrown over you and it jolts you awake. Looking bewildered and a bit annoyed, you, you stare at your bucket-wielding friend who says to you, sorry, mate, but I've got some really important news to tell you that just can't wait. That's what the beginning of Mark's gospel was like for the people who first heard it. It's like a cold bucket of water in their face on a hot day. The reason for this was because even though Jews were expecting a Messiah, Many of them were caught off guard when Jesus burst onto the scene 2,000 years ago because he wasn't the type of Messiah that they were expecting. In the first sentence of of his gospel account, Mark tells us what he believes about Jesus. He says, there is good news. And the good news is Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, who is bringing into the world the rule and the reign of God. This is a big opening statement. It's a bucket of water in your face on a hot day type statement. 
especially if you're a Jew. It was a statement that would have caused you to choke on your rice bubbles if you were actually reading uh, this account over breakfast. And it would have woken you out of your slumber because it sounded so blasphemous. And it was, it was actually sounded ridiculous to think that a so-called saviour would come and die on a wooden cross at the hands of Israel's enemies. But if you were a Gentile reading Mark's opening lines, it would have been equally startling because it was controversial and it was a dangerous statement. Everyone knew that there was only one emperor in the empire and it definitely wasn't a Jewish itinerant preacher who died on a cross at the hands of the state. But Mark, he's an evangelist at heart and he wants to get people's attention. So in, verse, in the 15 verses that we uh, heard Hannah read for us this morning, Mark tells his readers in a, in, in, a, in a shortened form the main reasons why they need to consider this news as good and why they need to take a look, another, take a look at Jesus and evaluate who he is for themselves. It's important for everyone to consider who Jesus is, whether you're a Christian of many years or you're someone who's on a journey seeking truth, because, especially because of the claims that are made about him, the claims that Jesus makes about himself, and also by the sheer fact that 2.3 billion people in the world today claim some sort of allegiance to him. In these 15 verses this morning, Mark gives us actually five reasons why Jesus is the good news and why we should accept his own statement of Jesus being the saviour of the world, which, will, which he goes on and expands upon over the rest of his gospel account. So now that Mark has woken everyone up with a bucket of water in their faces, let's get started and see why Mark is so convinced that Jesus is good news for all humanity. And the first reason that Jesus is good news and is the anointed saviour of the world and, and good news for all humanity, says Mark, is because he is the one whom all the prophets have pointed to. Jesus is not just another prophet in a line of many prophets. He's the one they've all said is coming and who will make our lives different. Mark shows this not by telling uh, his readers prophecies about, that speak directly about the Messiah, but rather he mentions the prophecies that speak about the herald, the one who will come and announce the arrival of the Messiah. Mark says that people will know that the Messiah has come because, because the herald who was appointed to announce his arrival in the prophecies is actually here. The herald had the task of readying people to receive the Messiah. At most rock concerts, uh, famous bands usually have warm-up warm up acts. And so these are bands that, that play before the main band come on stage. The warm-up act is not usually a well-known band, and they're really not meant to draw attention away from the main act, but rather to prepare the crowd for the arrival of the headline act. Mark says here in his gospel that John the baptizer is Jesus' warm-up act, who's meant to get people ready to receive Jesus, who is the king. John the baptizer 
as warm-up act to Jesus is announced in several prophecies throughout the scriptures. 400 years before Jesus, the prophet Malachi says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Malachi also says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And 700 years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah prophesied that he would send, uh, he said he would send a voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So John the baptizer, he was this voice. And he was announcing the arrival of God's servant. But John was more than a voice. He was actually a living drama. Everything about John spoke prophet. He was the quintessential expression of prophethood, from the clothes that he wore, to the food that he ate, to the place that he actually worked in, down by the River Jordan, to the message that he proclaimed, and to the baptism that he was performing. John also wasn't some sort of obscure figure you know, doing, doing stuff on the sidelines, prophesying about a, an obscure event that was going to take place. He was mainstream. Mark says that everyone from Judea to Jerusalem went down to the Jordan to be baptised by John because they had a yearning for something different. They were yearning for change and they recognised that John was this herald who was announcing the arrival of the Messiah who would bring change and we should recognise him as well this morning. <clears throat> the second reason that Jesus is good news and is saviour of the world, says Mark, is that he is the one who is anointed with the spirit of God and who will give people the Holy Spirit. People at the time of Jesus were yearning for change and people still are yearning for change. This has been the cry of the heart, of the human heart for millennia. The Bible says that since our rebellion against God in the Garden of Eden, we've longed for what we lost there, which was peace with God, peace with our neighbour, peace with ourselves, and peace with the created order. Mark says that the whole of the Judean countryside and everyone in Jerusalem were actually going down to receive uh, John's baptism of repentance. It wasn't just a trickle of people. It wasn't just a few religious oddballs either. People, people knew that they had been compromised in so many ways. Throughout the Old Testament, the prophets had continually mentioned that the Israelites had not been able to live justly or ethically or morally. In fact, even a cursory glance at the Old Testament will tell you that they'd, short, that they'd fallen short in every way. But that longing for change, that longing to be all that they hoped for, had not diminished. And here in Mark's account, he's telling us that they are again going down to the River Jordan to receive John's baptism, hoping for change and promising to be different people. Longing for change is not just a desire of, of people in the past of people at the time of Jesus. It's deep within all of us. And it's actually put there by God. Many books, films, songs today speak of this longing and, it, and these songs resonate with us. 
Uh, in the film or the movie, uh, A Star is Born, starring uh, Lady Gaga and uh, Bradley Cooper, the two main characters, Jason, Jackson Maine and Ali Campano, sing a beautiful song called Shallow. This song speaks of change that they long for in their lives. Bradley Cooper plays the uh, part of a, of a famous hard-drinking country and western singer who's basically broken by addiction and worn down by the fame that he's experienced. And Ali, Ali Campano, is a promising yet unknown star. At one of Jackson Maine's concerts, they sing the song Shallow Together, which um, speaks for both of them what they're really longing for, but which they're unable to achieve themselves. In the song Shallow, Maine and Campano sing these words. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world, or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'm falling. In all the good times, I find myself longing for change, and in the bad times, I fear myself. I, tell me something, boy. Are you tired trying to fill that void, or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? I'm falling. In all the good times, I find myself longing for change. Jackson Maine and Alec Campano in A Star is Born a longing for change in the same way that the people who John was baptising at the Jordan River were longing for change and like people before them were longing for change and like us today as well. John knows as he baptises people that his baptism is really only symbolic. It's a ritualised way of saying that you recognise that things are not right in your life or in society at large and you want to experience change. It's a great thing to, to recognise this and to long for this, but recognition and good intentions are not enough to bring the change that we need. That's why Mark is waking people up and announcing that there is really good news. He's saying basically that change has just entered the building in the form of Jesus. John the baptizer says, Mark is a herald who is, who is announcing that, that the change has come and, and he's announcing that Jesus will do more than give them a symbolic act to follow, which is what he's doing. The Messiah, he says, will baptize people with the Holy Spirit and it's the Holy Spirit in our lives who brings about the change that people desire and need. That's what we have longed for. That is what the prophets have all been promising that would happen when the true Messiah comes. Speaking through the prophet Isaiah, God said that his Messiah would be the one who is filled with the Holy Spirit and the one who would be able to bring justice to the nations. Isn't that what people have been protesting about over these past few weeks? Isn't that what people have longed for in this country for years, as well as around the world, and if, for, for many decades, if not centuries? The prophet Isaiah says, Here is my servant whom I, who I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. The Messiah is the one who has the Spirit of God. He's also the one who will give the Spirit, to, Spirit of God to people. 
And so this is important for change because only the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit can bring the change that we long for in our lives. The Holy Spirit gives us power to bring justice to the nations, the power to act ethically, the power to refuse racism, the power to love, the power to, the power to love people who are different to us, the power to be transformed. The prophet Ezekiel likened Israel to a field of dry bones without any spiritual life in them whatsoever, unable to act ethically or to follow God's law or even to change themselves. Ezekiel prophesied that a time would come when God would give his people a new heart and a new spirit he would put in them. God says, I'll remove that heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. They shall be my people and I'll be their God. Also, Jeremiah the prophet says that God promises that a day of real change is coming when he says, I'll put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbour or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, said Jeremiah, from the least of them to the greatest. Mark is announcing that good news has come in Jesus because he is the one who will give the Holy Spirit to people and the Holy Spirit is the one who can affect real change in people's lives. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus and believe uh, he is who he says he is, then we will receive the Holy Spirit who will transform our lives and enable us and our lives to be marked by the fruit of the Spirit, by love, by joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When these are the marks of our lives, then racism, addiction, violence, greed, lust, division, jealousy, idolatry will disappear. If you truly want change for yourself and for this country, then stop trying to, to, uh, to, to do this merely through your own strength and put your hope in Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. The third reason that Jesus is good news and is saviour of the world, says Mark, is because Jesus has God's full approval. This means that what Jesus does in the Jordan River, as well as in the rest of his life and ministry, including his death on the cross, are not things that he does on his own but rather they were done with the approval and endorsement of God in unity and in diversity, Father, Son and Spirit. By the way that Mark describes Jesus' baptism, he wants us to know that God is present in unity and diversity. The Father, who is the voice, the Son, Jesus and the Spirit, who's fluttering like a dove, are all present there at the baptism. It's actually meant to remind the readers or the hearers of John's Gospel about the creation account in which the triune God was also present and fully involved. It's easy to miss the symbolism of God in three persons being fully involved in Jesus' baptism because, uh, but it makes sense when we actually understand Jesus' arrival, his coming and his baptism as the, as the event by which God is about to renew his creation. 
We often gloss over these verses because we find the idea of Trinity really quite hard to understand. How can, some, how can someone or something be one yet three or three yet one? But Christians don't believe in three gods who work in harmony, nor do we believe that God is only one form at a time, making, uh, taking different forms at different times for different purposes. We don't believe that. We believe that God is three persons in unity and diversity who know and love one another and are in relationship with one another. When Jesus comes out of the water, God the, shower, God the Father showers him with words of affirmation and, and love, saying, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The Spirit is also there hovering above clothing Jesus in power. This dynamic relationship between Father, Son and Spirit has been happening for all eternity and is important to understand because it shows us who God is and what God is doing in the world. Tim Keller suggests that what Mark is doing here at the beginning is describing Jesus in, in, by describing Jesus' baptism and the different responses of the triune God is to actually give us a glimpse of the ultimate reality. He, he's allowing us to see the essence of the universe and the essence of the universe is a relationship in which God the Father, the Son and the Spirit are glorifying and loving each other continuously. One, in John 17 verses 4 and 5, Jesus says to the Father, I brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. C.S. Lewis describes the relationship of God in Trinity, glorifying and loving each other continuously as a dance. God the Father, Jesus, and Jesus the Son and the Spirit are in a re such a relationship with each other that they, that they serve each other. They give love to one another continuously and are full of joy and happiness for each other. The reason why this relationship is important for us to see, says Lewis, is that the whole dance of this three-person God is to be played out as well in each one of us. Or to put it another way, each one of us has got to enter into the dance so that we can encounter this love and this joy. There's no other way to experience the happiness for which we've been made. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must get into the water. And if you want joy, peace, power, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. What Lewis is saying here is that we need to enter into a relationship of love with God to really experience the ultimate reality of life, which is love. And Jesus is our entry point. We're not made just to believe or just to read our Bibles occasionally or to be a bit spiritual on Sundays. We are made to be in relationship with God we are made to be loved as Jesus was loved and 
in the way Jesus loves the Father and the Spirit. And when we do this, we will find our true joy and happiness, which is what the dance is all about. The fourth reason that Jesus is good news and is the saviour of the world, says Mark, is because he comes to deal with a real problem. After Jesus is baptised, Mark says that Jesus was sent out into the wilderness. He didn't go into the wilderness on a shortcut on his way back to Galilee or because he was lost. He went there because he knew that, he knew, um, that the real enemy is actually Satan. He's the one who led the first two people, Adam and Eve, from God and has continued to do that with everyone ever since. Mark says that Jesus is good news because he ultimately comes to deal with Satan. For Mark, Satan is the real enemy. He's not just a myth or a legend. I know a lot of people today don't believe that Satan exists. As for them, it seems like a quaint idea or a throwback to darker ages. But this in itself is just a deception of Satan. In the preface of the book, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, Lewis writes that there are two, uh, two equal and opposite errors into which our race, our human race, can fall about, and, uh, fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive unhealthy and an unhealthy interest in them. A friend of mine who... Uh, who is a Christian, told me that he didn't believe in Satan or demons, despite the abundance of evil in the world. And I've always found this strange, that uh, people can believe in, in a good supernatural being, namely God, while at the same time not believe that there are also evil supernatural beings as well. In the Garden of Eden, Satan appeared to the first two people as a serpent and tempted them to leave the trusting, love-filled relationship that they had with God in the Garden. And so from that point on, Satan's had leverage over humanity. Other Gospel writers call Satan the ruler of this present world. Paul writes in Ephesians 2.2 and says he calls him the ruler of the air, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient. Mark tells us that Jesus is good news and that he is a true king because he's actually come to deal with the foundational issue of suffering and disobedience, which is Satan himself. In John 1.3.8, John says that the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. This is why we see Jesus go into the wilderness after he was baptised, as it signifies that he's coming to deal ultimately with the one who alienates us from God, the one who alienates us from each other, from ourselves and from the created order. And, and this is good news indeed. Finally this morning, the reason that Jesus is good news and is the saviour of the world, says Mark, is because Jesus' arrival marks the start of a new day in which God rules and reigns. Often people today, when they think of Jesus, they think of him only as a great moral or ethical teacher. But Mark says that this is not, these were not, uh, this is not Jesus' main project. 
It's true that Jesus said some very profound things, had some very profound teaching, but Jesus' project is not primarily about giving good advice or even initiating a new type of spirituality. Jesus' teachings for sure will lead people to hear good advice and to take up different challenges and even begin to pray. But these are all a result of what Jesus is ultimately doing in the world. Mark says that Jesus is good news because he's bringing about a new situation in which God rules and reigns on earth and in people's lives as he does in heaven. Jesus' arrival and his baptism actually mark the beginning of this rule and reign with Jesus as king. For Mark to announce Jesus' arrival as Messiah and as good news was a very dangerous but, and courageous statement as it was usually something that only an emperor or a political state would announce after a great victory or battle. At the time in the Roman Empire when a, a new emperor came to power, uh, he would send out heralds and this herald would announce the good news throughout the empire declaring the victory that's taken place, the new ruler who has come to power, and what change would actually result as a result of this new emperor being in power. For example, there are ancient uh, Roman inscriptions that have been found from uh, dating around the time of Jesus that actually had inscribed on them the beginning of the good news of Caesar Augusta. After this, uh, they would write, a statement about uh, the good news that, that uh, is coming about because of Caesar's rule. Also another example is uh, when Greek, Greece won a great battle against the Persians, the Greeks sent heralds out throughout the country and, uh, and these heralds proclaimed the good news in the cities announcing that we've fought for you, we have won the battle and now you are no longer slaves, you are free. By announcing that Jesus is the good news, Mark is telling, the other, telling us uh, the difference between Christianity and other religions. Other religions give you advice on how to get to heaven, how to live to ensure God is pleased with you. But Christianity, says Mark, is about the announcement of joyful good news. And the good news is what has been done for you in Jesus. The good news is what God has done through Jesus to defeat the works of Satan and what God has done to fill you with his spirit so that you can enter into the dance with God, so that you can know God and, the, and be in relationship with God and enjoy God for eternity. That, my friends, is great news. Good enough to wake you up with a bucket of water in your face. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is near. Therefore, repent and believe the good news. At the beginning of the human story, Adam and Eve lived in peace with God and with each other. They lived with, at peace with themselves and with the created order. These relationships were all broken at the fall. And we have longed for, for, uh, ever since for change. We've longed for trans transformation. We've longed for recreation. And this is why streams of people were going down to the River Jordan to be baptised by John. This is why musicians and poets still write songs that express their longing for change. 
Such longings are natural. They are as old as humanity and they will continue to be so. Many different cultures have similar stories and legends that speak of a king who is coming back and who will rescue his people. Someone who will come and restore everything as it should be. Mark says here at the beginning of his gospel account that this king is Jesus and we need to wake up and receive him as such because he is good news indeed. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Mark and his gospel. We thank you that uh, he's written, the style that he's written it in is, uh, is quite dynamic and he's sort of trying to, to, to make us aware of what you have done through Jesus, that it's good news, it's life-changing news, it's transforming news. Lord, I pray for us who are watching this this morning that you would be at work in us by your Holy Spirit, that you would uh, help us to take steps to say, yes, I want that news. I want to experience that good news. I want to experience Jesus in my life. I want Jesus to transform me. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us uh, to take steps to talk to God about that in our prayer this week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.